0: Hello and welcome to the Forget What You Think You Know podcast. I'm Ben Murray and today I'm asking you to forget what you think you know about council housing and to help you to do just that I've come to Norwich to look at an award-winning council housing scheme that has been described as an architectural masterpiece. 101 years since the Addison Act paved the way for mass council housing in Britain. Over the last century, councils have built more than 5.5 million homes for generations of families. But in the last 30 years, the volume of social housing has fallen dramatically. In the period after the Second World War, councils were building around 150,000 homes a year. Fast forward to 2020, and that figure has fallen to just 2,000 a year. But why has this happened? councils have argued that current policies like right to buy make it difficult for councils to replace homes sold under the scheme under this policy councils can only spend 30 percent of the money it receives from the sale of a home to spend on a replacement they also have a three year limit in which to spend it this means that councils have had to approach things differently like norwich city council last year the prize for the best new building in the uk was awarded to one of the first new council housing projects in a generation. This was the first council housing scheme to ever win the Reba Sterling prize. The project beats a number of other famous developments including the revamped London Bridge station. But what makes this council housing scheme so special?
1: Awards in my mind should go to what we value most and as I say going back to this idea of the greatest contribution to the evolution of architecture Last year, that's. Yeah. It, I'd have to go to Goldsmith Street. Yeah. Alan Jones is president
0: of Reba and one of the judges for the Sterling Prize. He also grew up in a council house in Derry. We went to visit him to get his thoughts on the scheme.
1: I was keen uh, when I ran for election back in 2018 to let people see where I'm coming from, both, both professionally and also, if you like, family background. I've championed uh, social mobility within the RIBA over the last three years. Uh, it was a, dare I suggest, a sort of blind spot, not just for architects, but other professions yeah. are only really getting to grips with it. So, as part of that explaining that, yeah. as that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. I went back to where my parents had their first house, yeah. which was um, a, a housing estate, a council housing estate in um, east of London, Derry, yeah. stroke Derry. Um, Stroke City as we would call it in Northern Ireland yeah. and that was interesting going back then because that would have been housing that would have built if, if, if I, dare I say I was born in 1964 and it, <laughs> was, and it was so you're talking about housing that was constructed late 50s, post-war night, late 50s, early 60s and um, when, one, when I went back to it again in 2018 you sort of go hey cool you know pr- it, it was well designed yeah. clearly designed by an architect yeah. or a firm of architects or yeah. local authority architects yeah. but it's um, robust yeah. you know the spaces are good they, 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 there's a lovely uh, difference between let's say public space semi-public space private space overlooking is good in yeah. terms of places for children to play you know the car isn't that dominant in terms of the, the site layout yeah. and so on and you sort of think goodness me we could learn a lot even just standing here looking at this. You, you underestimate the uh, impact that your early formative years have had uh, um, and you sort of go yeah, 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 like I, I'd forgotten that but that's there yeah. and, and so on. So yes it has quietly informed and it's interesting then when you sort of then fast forward to say for example what was my motivation to study architecture yeah. and you realise that actually there's other parts uh, and then you sort of think of private housing. Yeah. And there's absolute acres and swathes of very anonymous mm-hmm. yeah. characterless uh, uh, private housing yeah. Yeah. Um, that you drive past on your way into belfast you know if you're coming yeah. in from the north yeah. and you just sort of go i do not want to live there
2: yeah. that is
1: not where i want to live yeah. and you just sort of think out of just again maybe it's again out of principle and out of just sorry i want i i, I want to create spaces that are better than that yeah. which actually in hindsight were IE as good as the council estate that we uh, we grew up in
0: so that's what's driving Alan but what's goldsmith street doing for the perceptions of council housing what impact is it having nationally
1: or if you remember that it took 10 years from if you like the initial idea to handing over the keys to the first of the residents um, and part of that was actually um to do with funding yeah. you know and and um you know various sort of procedural things yeah. you know so it, it didn't take that long to design it and build it yeah. there were sort of um, fallow periods in the program when things weren't going on and um, so you know, that you could argue that the impact I, I, you know that I, I think it'll take a number of years mm-hmm. so that let's say what's the impact of Norwich you might not see the impact of Norwich um, in terms of built form yes. for Two or three or four or five years yeah. you know but it, w- it will have lasting impact where its immediate impact has been for example government ministers want to go and see it yeah. that we have Manchester yeah. council yeah. wanting to know who do we contact in Norwich council yeah. to talk about Goldsmith Street yeah. when you consider that it's um, uh, the, the just the how it changed the agenda yeah. and the discussion about council housing we're still getting on a, on a daily basis, maybe half a dozen inquiries a day yeah. about that project mm-hmm. and the impact of it. And it's really sort of kicked off, I think, a real conversation about if Norwich can do it, yeah. why can't we? Yeah. Norwich City Council
0: wanted Goldsmith Street to set an example to the country on how housing can be done in an environmentally friendly way. This is where the passive house standard comes in. A passive house is an energy efficient building designed to help reduce its heating needs and energy demand, therefore reducing its overall impact on the environment. When planning to design and build a passive house, there are certain standards that must be met in regards to heating, cooling, air leakage and total energy consumption. Houses on Goldsmith Street meet these standards. There are currently only 1,000 units in the UK which reach passive house standard, which shows you how innovative Goldsmith Street really is.
1: It's a mixture of, um, let's call it traditional sort of, let's call it block and brick, yeah. and also timber frame, yeah. but also with brick on the outside. And, uh, but it's built to very, very exacting environmental standards called uh, Passive House, which is a German standard. Yeah. But that means it's very airtight. Yeah. So it means that you can control the ventilation and that means, and you can have very high levels of insulation. So it means that they were reporting last year that the average energy bills, now that's for heat, light and power, £150 a year. Yeah. You know, and, and that's fantastic uh, in terms of uh, when you think of uh, fuel poverty and you, know, you hear of families and individuals having to decide, do I heat or eat? Yeah. And, and, and so that's, fanta- uh, you know, that's another whole aspect to it. Uh, would you say then it's not just kind of the
0: council house that, that needs to follow kind of knowledge example, it's private developments as oh, well that
1: needs to... You've hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, you know, the, because again, um, the, when you actually, and we go back to even what I saw in the 70s ar- around Belfast, it's just that sea of an, an- anonymous yeah. um, I was actually speaking on LBC radio there last week, yeah. and I was being asked about the um, uh, w- w- what's the impact yeah. of just having what, what was sort of uh, I'd referred to these sort of developments as being soulless, cut and paste, you know, and you sort of realise that actually you don't know where your house is. Mm. You don't know what every, your house is the same as everybody else's house. Your street's the same as everybody else's street. So I used the illustration. I said, remember the madness song? Um, Our house, you know, (laughs) our house, which means we know our house. We can can identify where our house is. We understand how it works and so on in our street so our house in our street yeah. which is about understanding where it is the fact that you, you have one component which is your house in your street which is about a small community and, 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 the, and the feeling of belonging and so on and, um, and then and, sort of, and somebody then asked me the interviewer then said so what happens when that doesn't work? he said well as the song says, you know, as as the group says, you go mad. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's that sort of it, it leads to madness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our house in our street. Yeah. But it is it's that that's what it, it, you know the so in a way it doesn't matter whether it's council or whether it's private. Yeah. We should be aspiring to create the best environments possible because yeah. that leads to uh, identity, yeah. you know, and that if we think again even what's happened in terms of the um, politics, particularly yeah. in England, yeah. just in terms of you know, parts of the country feeling left behind, yeah. that's to do with investment and quality of their environment. Yeah. You know, so if it is soulless, yeah. if it do, feels as if there just isn't the quality that's there or the, the sense of belonging, yeah. and, and the, you, know, the, you can understand why people start to become sort of agitated.
0: So is this a step change in how Council has of so the future will be produced? And are more councils taking this approach to their housing? James Turner, an associate architect at Mikhail Riches, with a passion for social housing, is the man responsible for the design of this spectacle. The Sterling prize
3: is the, the award that I think any any architect would kind of you know, be kind of staggered to win I guess and it is it is a kind of real um I think what makes it really special this year is it's the first social housing scheme to ever win the Sterling Prize. And I think it shows a real shift from the ROBA and not just looking at kind of star architect buildings, you know, opera houses, um, you know, libraries, train stations, but actually, you know, schemes that make a real difference to people um, at a smaller scale. So I think there is a real, you know, I know Alan, Alan Jones is a kind of big advocator for social housing and kind of pushing, you know, trying to raise the benchmark for it. And I think what's kind of been really well received by the practice is the fact that, you know, we in in the same year we've won the Neve Brown Award and the Sterling Prize, you know, it really does put social housing in the spotlight this year.
0: So why has no other council housing projects won this award before? How brave and ambitious have Knowledge Council been? Building housing is hard. Building housing as a local authority is even harder
3: and then setting your aspirations and benchmark to be 100% passive house and deliver something of real quality under a traditional contract you know Norwich really should be applauded for you know taking that risk as a local authority and I think setting kind of Norwich on a pedestal as a project I think is a fantastic way of kind of saying to local authorities look you can do it you know you do have to take risks you do have to kind of embed yourself as a client in delivering these schemes but it shows it can be done and it shows it can be done to an incredibly high standard and in some cases better than a lot of private developers can do.
0: So it's hard to do and takes a commitment from all parties but what makes it stand out? What's the secret to the design?
3: So the scheme itself is based on the idea of a 14-metre Victorian terrace street. So there is an area very close to the site where there are a series of kind of typical 19th century Victorian terrace streets that you'd find in any part of the country. So, you know, nothing groundbreaking in that respect. But what Michael Richards have done is take... That kind of concept and sort of brought it into the 21st century so adapting the site section to kind of make sure that you 're getting maximum solar uh, orientation which is effectively turning itself into free heat so you're massively reducing your energy bills by you know just designing to maximize free energy from the sun The other thing that we 've done alongside that is kind of recreate the terrace streets of Norwich and I think a lot of people have got on board with that. Um, this idea of kind of not trying architecture, not trying to be this kind of fancy thing. Uh, it's kind of very legible, it's very understandable. And I think people find comfort in that. You know, we're not creating flats, we're creating houses. Um, and I think the city really got on board with that the kind of promotion of creating family housing as opposed to just creating more and more blocks of flats, which you see, you know, across the country. So this kind of series of terrace streets also has a kind of s- secondary. Uh, focus which is small children's play so David and Ernie felt very strongly that small children's play should be really embedded into the scheme and again one of the risks that the city have taken is kind of trusting our kind of role as designers to kind of suggest things that would not normally be done and one of those things in particular is creation of a, a ginnel space or a kind of back alleyway which all of the houses lead onto that runs down the centre of the scheme as a kind of spine and what, what's been really successful is that We've, we've kind of designed things like the garden fences so they're low enough that people can talk to each other across the, you know, across the fence and actually get to know their neighbours. All of those gardens then lead out onto that shared ginnel space which is locked at each end which means that you know, kids can be allowed to sort of roam free um, out there and you know, we, we've been around there when you know in talking with residents and kids will literally open the back gate, run up to the back door, knock on the window and say can I come and play with my mates and it just shows that actually if you offer people these opportunities, they can work. And I think where the city has been, you know, I've said they've taken a risk. You know, all of the various meetings that we had were, it's going to be full of mattresses, it'll be a dumping ground, it'll be full of antisocial behaviour. I think it's been anything but that. And I think it just shows that if councils are willing to take those risks um, and manage them, you know, you can create some really fantastic spaces.
0: It's been said that 2019 was the year the world woke up to climate change. We continue to see extreme weather conditions around the world, which are having a detrimental impact on our environment. Last year, this triggered mass protests and pressure is growing on those in power to take action. Local government has a vital role to play in this. And in July, 2019, local authorities across the country Join together to declare a climate emergency. But what does that mean and how can councils go about making a change locally? Housing is one way councils can make a difference. There's been a real push this year for um,
3: you know climate emergency has been raised by lots of local authorities and disciplines um, including architects um, and a lot of our clients now are coming to us going you know, we we put our hand up and said we're declaring a climate emergency but we're not entirely sure what to do now. And I think, you know, a really good way of, you know, starting to do that is to look at your briefs to architects and go, Right, we need to raise the bar here. We need to really raise the bar and we need to find a way of making it work. And I think, you know, Pass House is not the silver bullet, but it does make a huge difference to people's lives and I think it makes sense to put that money into the built fabric Day one, rather than kind of you know throwing it onto bolt-ons such as PVs and kind of feel-good sustainability things that people can see, whereas actually it's the kind of silent ones that I think actually really make a difference to people's lives.
0: So you've heard why Goldsmith Street is award-winning from a design perspective. But what's it done for the people living there? What impact is it having on the lives of people living in Norwich?
4: When we were out with the um, Sterling Prize judges, because we had about six of them come to visit and we spent two hours taking them around, there was a gentleman walking his dog and I just said hello to him. And he he didn't live in the, the new properties, he lived outside, but his dog had already made friends with another dog in the properties. And so that was the community coming together.
0: Councillor Gail Harris is Norwich City Council's Cabinet Member for Social Housing. We paid her a visit to hear about what Goldsmith Street has done for the local community in the area.
4: It's, it isn't about us winning awards, because obviously you're probably while you're here is, as well talking to us. So the Sterling Prize was wonderful. Win, winning the Neve Brown Award, an inaugural award for someone who cared passionately about social housing, was really stunning as well. But it's, it's, it's about people. It's about people having good quality homes. So if the Sterling Prize has done anything, it's given some of us a lot more work and we've spoken at many events, but we're inspiring other councils to do things. We're getting people contact us and saying, if you can do it, how can we do it? I think it's, it's, been, it's changed people's perception of what housing is like. You know, the, the good reports in The Guardian, in The Times... it's it's just been it's just been quite amazing really. So
0: you've heard why Goldsmith Street is award-winning from a design perspective but what's it done for the people living there? What impact is it having on the lives of people
4: living in Norwich? No it's, it's not just about housing it is about creating communities yeah and we've been very very strong on that so when you visit the scheme this afternoon you will see that it's very, very close to a main road, but it's still very peaceful. So they've got the facilities of buses, they've got a post office, they've got shops. Um, There's walkways been created through to some of the existing communities, so they're already integrating, and it is about communities, it's not about housing.
0: So it's it's a real kind of community hub. As you say, you know, I've not gone to visit it yet, and I'm I'm really looking forward to doing that this afternoon, but it just sounds like it's got a real sense of, neighbourhood really you know and uh, that that might have been lost over kind of recent years I think in a lot of kind of estates and stuff like that but it sounds like this is kind of bringing that feel back
4: there is a sense of pride and you know it's it's just a very very stunning development and yeah I'm still moved when I go there and I've been there a lot of times I was there when it was been built, and I've been there a lot since it's been built, and uh, no, we're very, very proud of it. And I'm hoping it will inspire other local authorities to be able to do the same, you know, because it's not just about providing homes, it's about providing good quality homes that will become a community. You know, in people in Goldsmith Street, they've they've got more money to spend on doing eating for instance rather than worrying about heating but being part of the community going out and doing things so you know it's 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 been a a game changer for some of the people and and they've they've been very open with it they've sort of emailed the architects and said you know how different how, how how proud they are how how it's changed their lives and you know they can't it's very hard for them to think of how, how where they've moved from and to, and and you know th- it's it's it's, like, it's just game it is game changing.
0: Have you heard any kind of stories about that then from kind of residents? Is there any examples that you can give of where they kind of you know it, where it's really positively? Yes.
4: Yeah, so so I mean I've got a few quotes here. So someone moved in in November and they hadn't had their heating on once. Now I don't know about your heating bills, but my you know however hard you try they they are there aren't they so they're significant envy of my friends and love having people to visit Um, someone cared that i liked my home that leans a lot to me child friendly so the architects sponsored a street party last august and you know well, you can see people came out they were enjoying the sunshine but there's nice open spaces with with grass and some nice wooden animals and even you'll see that there are some older houses around the scheme and people are just enjoying seeing people being part of a community. It's just, yeah, it's just wonderful.
0: We've just arrived at Goldsmith Street and the architecture of this place is incredible. It feels like a really modern new neighborhood almost like a conservation area the houses are all built in cream brick which draws inspiration from the city's famous golden triangle neighborhood and every home has a different colored front door they all look a really decent size and all have back gardens that back onto communal areas you can feel the sense of community as you walk through this estate i have to say it's better than what i was expecting I have been joined by councillor Paul neil and councillor Jamie Osborne. They are two Norwich City councillors who supported the development of Goldsmith Street. They took a particular interest in the scheme being developed to a passive house standard.
5: The architects involved with this and the consultants really did do a superb job um, in the choice of materials and how, how it looks and how it feels. Yeah, it almost feels like you step into a kind of new town when you walk through
0: the estate. Do you know what I mean? It's got a different feel to kind of the other bits of knowledge, I think.
2: I think what I find is it's actually really nice to walk around. It's sort of designed for for community spaces and for people to walk around. The actual way it's laid out is it feels very much like a community. It's not like, uh, it's not, it's quite different to a tower block. You know, it's quite low, it's actually low rise um, family houses, really.
0: I have to say, looking around, you would not think these were council housing. and I think a lot of people would be quite surprised that this is social housing. Um, I mean, I don't know how the kind of architects designed this up to to make it kind of feel that way, but it is just so—it's a bit mesmerising, really, isn't it? You know?
5: Yeah. Well, I've seen this type of this this colour of stone and, and this sort of design as being done it for private housing. You know, it, it's become the fashionable um, style at the minute. Um, and you wouldn't know any difference. But saying that, um, we seem to have this stigma in this country about council housing and social housing is different and, and it it's looks cheap. My wife is from Holland and you cannot tell ever the difference but, and people don't even think about it if that's a social house or a private house, it, it just all looks the same. Council housing has had a complex
0: history and has gone through some good times and bad how does Goldsmith Street
5: compare with council housing of the past? Norwich has had a good history. Um, if you go back to the fifties, when the big housing boom after the war came in, um, I actually live in one, and the house is so solidly built. And with you know retrofitting, we put in you know um, cavity wall insulation and double glazing and everything. It's it's fantastic. Then they moved on to the 60s and early 70s, and it seems that everything was just done at cut price. It looked like it was, and it's now proving to be um, a a, a noose around our neck, really. It seems like a no-brainer, but why are other councils not following suit? I have spoken to some other um, councillors in the country who have contacted us, the council and myself, trying to work out how they can push their own local authorities to go forward and the biggest stumbling block that most of them have come back to me saying is that they've been turned down by their own authority because they say they cost too much. Now yes at the minute um, to build a passive house standard probably costs around about 10% more um if it's managed correctly like this particular project was it's the last figures i heard was about eight and a half percent more which is not an insurmountable amount um but of course if you look at places like germany that have been doing this for for years um, the more developers uh, are involved and understand how the system works the more you build the more like jamie said the more materials you can source better um I think in Germany they are now getting to almost parity with traditional build. Yeah. So, you know, they mustn't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way back from Norwich now, and I'm still in awe around the quality of
0: the housing on show at Goldsmith Street. You can see why they are award winning. You could see just from walking around the estate how happy residents were to be living in those houses. There was a real buzz around the place. Moving slightly away from Norwich now, my final interview is with Kate Henderson, the Chief Executive at the National Housing Federation, to talk more generally about the perceptions of social and council housing and her personal experience of what social housing has done for her. First of all, Kate, I want to know a bit about you. Um, Why did you get into housing in the first place?
2: into housing for personal reasons in terms of first really understanding how important it is that we have social and affordable housing and that's because my younger sister is severely disabled and she went off to university and then after university we needed to find somewhere for her to live And actually, our options are pretty limited. Um, And then we found the most amazing housing association called Habentech, and they provide specialist accessible housing for people with disabilities. And they were brilliant. Um, She ended up with an adaptable home. It was the first opportunity she'd had to live independently. Um, and they supported her in that, not just with, um, you know, the, the bricks and mortar side of it, but also with setting her up in terms of access to, to care and support and working with the local authority to to get that. She doesn't live with that housing association now. She lives with a, another one because she moved into a different area. But actually that human aspect of having access to accessible, affordable, secure homes is kind of underpins who we are and how we get on in life.
0: So why is it important that we strive for better quality housing? What can it do for an individual?
2: Housing matters to every one of us. It underpins our ability to feel well in terms of our physical and mental well-being. It's our place of sanctuary, but it's more important than that. For children, it's also a place to feel safe. It's a place to do your homework, to have stability, to go to school in your local area. As adults, it's having the stability for an address so that you can get a job. Um, In older age, it's having somewhere to retire, to be comfortable, to be able to live in. And and housing really does underpin all of that. Um, Having a, a safe, secure, affordable, warm home is really fundamental to how we get on in life.
0: So, housing matters. Like food and water, it's a basic need for us. With that said, there are still around 1 million households on council house waiting lists and many more classed as homeless. What's stopping social housing being built? Is it the perceptions around it? I wanted to find out Kate's thoughts. So you touch a bit on kind of the quality of social homes there. Um, you know, I, I think that there might have been a bit of negative perceptions around uh, council and social homes in the past. Do you think perhaps the shedding that kind of perception these days
2: i think we have the ability to build fantastic high quality social housing today and that might be homes that are social rented it might also be other types of affordable housing like shared ownership where you part rent um, and you part buy Um, we also have some amazing quality social homes that have been built over the last hundred years or longer. Um, Homes that were built uh, with really good space standards, with really high quality materials, with a really, really good sensitivity to placemaking and design um, and livability. But that isn't how all social housing has been built. So um, a lot of our social housing was built following the Second World War and we were a, a country that had suffered severe damage from from the war um, and the need to provide homes for heroes and quickly um, returning service personnel and actually what was built quite often was built very very quickly um, and with cheap materials it was also in the sort of 50s 60s time where we you know very architecturally led built lots of tower blocks um and that isn't necessarily how everybody wants to live. Um, those houses actually in, in towers are quite often have brilliant space standards, but some of them need to be refurbished and looked at to be fit for the future. But in terms of whether social housing is um, good quality or not, I think actually on the whole it has been built with a really strong social ethos and with quality and livability in mind. Some houses in the social housing sector, but houses in general need refurbishment because they were only designed for you know 50 years or 100 years and they need investment now. I think the broader question though of how do we view it as a society is kind of a mixed one um, and there is some very negative perceptions of social housing um, in the media and I think we see that actually in, in TV, I mean if you watch things like Silent Witness or Luther you quite often see you know, what they're trying to portray of, of a crime situation or of a poverty situation would be one of social housing, it would quite often be the tower block, the concrete estate. And actually, to me, I spend my life travelling around the country visiting our members, and that is not what I see of social housing. I see people living in sustainable communities, in good quality housing, where they do know their neighbours, and they're just getting on in life. They're going to work, they're being involved in the community. It's a very different image, but we absolutely have some work to do to change that, that narrative on that.
0: Why are we not building more council and social houses?
2: We really should be building more council and social housing and and social rents rents which are roughly 50 percent of of market rents although it varies depending on where you are in the country um, is much more affordable and is much more suitable for low-income families I mean, social housing isn't just about the affordability it's about the security that you have the stability you have knowing that you can stay in your home that your kid can go to, the, to, to its local primary school that you have a network of support around you temporary accommodation is not a suitable place for children to grow up growing up in short-term b&b accommodation where you're having to share bathrooms sometimes you're having to share kitchen facilities you might have absolutely no privacy as a child and space to do your homework will have profound consequences on how you get on in life will have huge consequences on the parents mental health and as you said it costs the taxpayer a lot of money the solution to this in the long term it's building a lot more social rented homes for families
0: so just going back to kind of you know temporary accommodation people who are you know officially kind of homeless and, and those sleeping kind of rough on the streets as well you know it's a big issue in Britain today is social housing the answer to eradicating it completely do you think or is there other things that need to happen as well
2: building safe secure affordable aims for people building social housing is one of the main ways we can alleviate homelessness and and actually prevent it in the first place A a lot of homelessness is caused by people living in unaffordable insecure private rented accommodation of being evicted at short notice of finding themselves in debt and unable to afford their housing costs and so they're ending up in in temporary accommodation, it would be so much better if they were able to to live in a a social home with a secure tenancy where they were able to put down roots um, and know that they could afford their rent. Um, And that's why we are really calling for an investment in social rent. But of course there are other causes of of homelessness. There's welfare reform. um, There are... um, People's personal circumstances as well, issues of, of alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, but actually, housing, having security of housing is really fundamental to, to overcoming those problems too.
0: So, there you have it. Goldsmith Street provides a vision for how Council Housing of the Future should be. It provides safe, secure homes for residents, brings together communities, is easy on the eye and comes with green credentials that benefit the environment and saves its residents money. What more could you want in a home? No wonder it is award winning. From the conversations I've had. It seems to me that more quality social and council housing like Goldsmith Street is a no-brainer when it comes to tackling the housing crisis we currently find ourselves in. Councils are ready and willing to lead the country through this. If we want to build our way out of this, we must build in a way that benefits our communities, our environment and our economy. If done correctly, council housing like those in Goldsmith Street could be that way forward.